Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter 19. We'll begin reading with verse number 41. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Luke 19 and verse number 41. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side. And shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. And here... Here is why all of that is their sentence. Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. The Living Bible says, verse 44, like this, And they will dash you down to the ground, you Jerusalem, and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another, all because... You did not come progressively to recognize and know and understand from observation and experience the time of your visitation. That is, when God was visiting you, the time in which God showed Himself gracious toward you and offered you salvation through Christ. Living Bible says the last part of that verse this way, For... You have rejected the opportunity God offered you. The Message Bible says that part this way. All this because you didn't recognize and welcome God's personal visit. I heard a statement recently and it was one of those statements that when I heard it, my mind and my spirit began working. And I'd like to use that statement as my title this morning. And that is, not every moment is created equal. Not every moment is created equal. God, I know without a doubt that your presence is in this place today. First off, I know it, God, because your word promises that when two or three gather in your name, you will be there. But I also know it because I have observed and I have felt the working and the moving of your spirit in this place today. I am confident, God, that you have already touched hearts and lives in this place today. But I also believe that you desire to speak to some hearts and lives 
in this place today. And so I trust you now, God, that your word, which is alive, would move in this sanctuary and that there would be hearts that would be open to hear and receive and respond to what you would say to them today, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, again today, I trust you and depend upon you for your anointing. I acknowledge that without you, I can do nothing, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I realize that in the verses I have read to you, there is a much bigger message. There is a much more significant message that was being communicated to those that Jesus was speaking to. But I do believe that in the last few words of verse 44, there is a principle that you and I need to be aware of and we need to draw upon. He said all of this is going to be the result. What's kind of interesting to me is he doesn't say that all of this is going to be the result of of your rebellion or your horrible sinfulness or your horrible lifestyle. But he says, you, all of this is going to be the result of the fact that you missed the time of your visitation. You missed the scheduled time of your visitation. So I tell you today that not every moment in your life and in my life are equal. There are some moments that God has ordained in our lives. There are some moments that God has scheduled into our lives that are more significant than other moments in our lives. But the danger is... Not only if we are not looking for them and not only if we are not observing when they come, if we are not prepared to respond to them, we will miss the time of our visitation. We've just sung about God's mercy. I don't know about you today, but I am thankful for God's mercy. It was in a Bible study yesterday, and in that Bible study, the verse was read where Jesus said that those who are forgiven much, love much. It's the context of a woman who was very sinful, and so she had been forgiven of a lot based on her lifestyle. But my struggle with that verse is God is, God is a God of, 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 of uh, principles that are fair. I, I think I could say he's a God of equality. I think I could put it that way. And so if to love much, you have to have been this person who did really bad things to be forgiven of that, some of us are in trouble. I'm not the only person here today that could say you were, you know, you were a pretty good sinner. Now, there's another context of being a good sinner. 
meaning you really did it up, but I, I mean from a natural perspective, you are a good person. You, you weren't addicted to drugs or alcohol. You weren't a fornicator or an adulterer. You, 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 you weren't a thief. You didn't lie. You were a pretty moral person. And so if that's the case, then some of us are in trouble. Those that were raised in church and have stayed in church, even though none are perfect, you know, you don't have the story of great deliverance from drugs and alcohol. And so how do we love much? So I, I don't think it really has to do with the fact you got to go do a bunch of really bad stuff so you can have bad stuff to be forgiven of to love much. I think the principle is if we all understand that the bottom line is all have sin and come short of the glory of God, my little white lie will send me to hell just as much as the serial killer's crimes will send him there. So I have been forgiven much. So the mercy of God is a wonderful thing. The scripture teaches us that His mercy is new every day. There is fresh mercy available every day. And the depth of God's mercy is beyond comprehension. But there is a flip side to that, and we think that God is always going to be there waiting on us until we finally decide we want Him or we need Him. And I have to tell you that is not the case. I will tell you it is very hard to do But you can reach the point where you convince God that you are not interested anymore in His mercy and grace in your life and He will cut it off. But even beyond that, I believe there are moments in our lives that even as saved people, if we're not careful, we can miss moments of a divine appointment in our lives. I I am convinced to this day there is one that stands out in my mind more than more than anything else that I am convinced to this day I missed a God moment. I'm a if you're you're guest today, I'm I'm a I realize based on me in the pulpit you you wouldn't know this, but I am a very quiet person. I'm 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 a pretty reserved person. I'm not outgoing. I I don't I get all my talking done on Thursday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. <laughs> we, were, we were in Utah on vacation. My wife and I had been married a little over a year. We were out there with my parents and my brother, and we were on this vacation out west. And we were, I think it was Bryce Canyon. We were in the, we were down, we had hiked down into the canyon. And we were in the process of making our way back, and there was a there was a middle aged lady who who had injured her ankle. She was a good ways down, and she was going to need help getting out of there. And as as the other uh, five of us were walking out, I I purposefully 
was lingering behind because I felt this draw to go pray for her. And I let my personality get the better of me. I am convinced to this day that I missed a very significant moment. I've repented and I think God has forgiven me, but the bottom line is there was a visitation. There was a God-ordained moment. And I've come to preach to some folks today that perhaps it's here right now today, or maybe it's in the near future that there are some significant things that God is orchestrating and setting up in your life. And if you are not careful, you will miss that moment. And you will miss a moment that is not equal to other moments in your life. It is a moment in which God has designated that if you will have the proper response to that moment, kind of like Jacob and his experience with wrestling with the angel, you will have a marked change in your life from that point forward. The issue, the problem is not whether or not God has designated and designed those moments that are unequal to other moments. The issue, the question is, will you and I recognize them and will we respond to them? Mark chapter 10, verse number 46 says this. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Just another normal moment for him. Just another day for him. Who knows how many hundreds of days he had spent by this point in time sitting there begging for money based on his condition. But verse 47 says, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus... Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. You, you need to be quiet. You're disturbing what's going on. You are interfering with what's taking place. But the scripture says that when they told him to hold his peace, that he cried the more a great deal Thou son of David, have mercy on me. When they tried to silence him, he did not accept their instruction to be quiet. In fact, he responded with more 
passion and more intensity and he cried out the more. I think somehow blind Bartimaeus recognized that there is a moment that is available to me that is not like every other moment I've already had. But this moment is intended to be unequal to what I have experienced. And he was determined that I will not let this moment pass me by. And Jesus stood still. I wonder how many times figuratively that we come to a church service and Jesus is walking the aisles. I wonder how often we come and Jesus is just kind of wandering around in the sanctuary. Waiting for somebody whose desperation is greater than their pride and dignity. Waiting for somebody whose need is greater than their desire to maintain their persona so that nobody thinks wrongly of them. And he's walking by. He's in here. He's present to do something. But no one has recognized the moment of a visitation. But the Bible says that when blind Bartimaeus called out, He stood still. Oh, Jesus. I wonder how many thousands of people show up where God is and God does nothing and they leave and all they do is accuse God. They told me God would do something for me. They told me God could. They told me. They told me. They told me. But he didn't. No, he was just walking by. Waiting to see if somebody, he, he, he stood still and commanded him to be called and they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee, next verse please. And he, and he casting away his garment rose and came to Jesus. I wonder if that's kind of like, you know, some of us, we come to church, we got our, gar- you know, got our Sunday duds on. I, I can't mess my suit up. I can't. Threw aside that garment. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do for you? What is it that you need? He said, The blind man said unto him, Lord, I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately, and immediately, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in his way. That, my friend, was not a moment that was equal to all other moments, but it was a moment that God had intended for him. To experience something beyond. In the name of Jesus. 
kind of reminds me of the story of the woman, the Bible. The King James says it this way, that she had an issue of blood. And for 12 years she had tried to find a cure for her issue, her sickness, and nothing worked. She only continued to get worse. And one day, one day, she recognized that this is not an equal moment. I am quite certain that the crowd that was following Jesus the day that blind Bartimaeus got his need met, I am quite certain he was not the only one there that day with a need. And this day, the Bible says there was a, there was a great multitude, there was a crowd of people that were gathered around Jesus They were there perhaps really just out of curiosity. They just wanted to come here. I wonder what he's going to say today. Or perhaps even, I wonder what he's going to do today. And so all they did was come to see. Not trying to be unkind, but... People go to church every weekend and perhaps there's even some of you here today that that really defines what you're doing here. I, I've just come to kind of see. I've just come to kind of observe. I've come to watch or maybe it's an obligation. You've come out of obligation, but you basically have come, have come as an observer today. No doubt that crowd was full of observers. But there was one woman who had decided, not every moment in my life is equal. And the Bible says that she said, we live in a day and time in which believers have become dependent upon God saying something before we believe. Well, if God will speak to me, if I, if God, if I can get a word, if I can get a promise from God, then I will believe. There was nobody that walked up to that woman and prophesied and said, thus saith the Lord unto you, God is going to deliver you one day of your sickness. She said, if I'm not mistaken, the King James says it this way, she said within herself, if I, can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. There are so many things about what she said that I think are so intriguing, but one of the things that gets me the most is by what she said, what she was saying was, I don't even need him to acknowledge me. I don't need him to speak to me. I don't need him to look me in the eye. I don't even need him to know I'm there. If I can just get to him, that's all I need. The Bible.
Bible says she pushes her way through the crowd and she gets to him and she touches the hem of his garment. The verses I just read to you said when blind Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, who was moving along with the crowd, stood still. In this passage, I don't think it says he stood still, but figuratively that's what happened. He stops and then he asks this question. Who touched me? Oh, Jesus. Who touched me? I wonder if in the last hour and ten minutes or so, I wonder if Jesus has stopped and said, Who? Who touched me? The disciples said, Lord, what do you mean? Who touched you? Do do you not see this crowd of people? I kind of picture a couple of them looking at each other going, "Uh, Do we need to get him home? Is he starting to have heat stroke? said, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. Everybody's bumping into you. Everybody's coming up and and, and all of a sudden you want to know, who who touched me? Mm. He said, I perceive that virtue went out. You see, if you bump into him accidentally, you may not get the virtue. That's why you, you, whether you recognize it or not, you bumped into him already today. You bumped into him already because he has been in this place. Whether or not you really touched him is a whole different question. But you bumped into him, but he said, I perceive that virtue. Virtue, what's virtue? Basically that word really just means miracle work in power. So virtue really is whatever you need. (laughs) Whatever you need, virtue can provide what you need. And, 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 And it appears as though... When Jesus stops and asks that question, it appears as though she kind of, oh man, what did I do? But that wasn't it at all. He wasn't upset. I think he was quite relieved that finally somebody recognized. Just as I said about blind Bartimaeus, you can't tell me that there wasn't Most of that crowd who also had a need and had been bumping into him but received nothing. But she said, if I can just touch the hem of his but you see too many people, and perhaps even some of you today, not trying to be unkind, but some of you today have come and 
Well, if he really cares, if he really loves me, if he's really concerned, he will come find me. And you come and you go, and your moments continue to be equal. But what if something came over you like came over blind Bartimaeus? Or what if something came over you like came over the woman with the issue of blood? And you decided, I don't care what the rest of these folks do here today. I don't care if everybody else keeps on their Pentecostal persona. They're dignified. You, 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 you know, there's so much about church today that, that is becoming more and more dignified and more and more programmed. And we don't want anybody to mess it up. We don't want anybody to get out of line. Oh, God, have mercy on the day we ever reach where everything at Antioch becomes orderly. All things should be done in order, but where we reach the point that nobody ever has something come over them that may not be the norm at the moment, but something has risen up inside of them that says, I will not let this moment pass me by. I don't care what anybody else does. I don't care how anybody else responds. I don't, we, it's been a while, so I wish God would either send one or make one of you one of those who every now and then, not necessarily at the most opportune time, but every now and then one of those Holy Ghost fits comes over you and you just can't control what goes on because you've connected with the power of God no matter what anybody else is doing. I know I... I, I, I realize I messed up this morning because I'm preaching to a bunch of people that have no needs or issues. As you all sit there. And potentially miss a divine appointment. There is, there is, you know, college sports are, are, are a bit different than professional sports in that, you know, you, 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 first of all, you've got it, you've got a, a, an athlete for a very limited amount of time. And now, especially nowadays, in particular with college basketball, you, you, with the really great athletes that have great potential of a future in the NBA, you're getting them about one year. And that's it. They're really not there to play. They're really not there to get an education. They're just there to help your team be, you know, great. But professional sports are a bit different because you are you are paying your athletes. You are you are you've got contractual agreements with them. You you draft them. You trade for them. You sign free agents to come to you. And 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 so there there's something a little bit different in that that there are times when a team recognizes we are right now at a moment that we may not get to again for a while. Sometimes that moment teams recognize is we ain't got no shot at this. So our moment is 
We need to trade and see if we can make any improvement. But the other side of that coin is when a team recognizes we, we are at a moment. We've got the right team at the right time, and we may need to make a few adjustments because if we don't capitalize on this moment, we may not get it again. You may not get this moment again. Oh, how much we take for granted. You know what? I, I don't know, Brother Wright. I'm just not quite there yet. I'm just, you know, I've just been going through stuff, and I'm just not quite ready. So, I mean, I, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, Brother. I'm getting to the point where I, I may respond. I, I'm getting to the point where I may surrender. I, I'm working on it. Chester, I feel a little, a little whining's coming on. Tomorrow. Who promised you tomorrow? Who promised you another church service tomorrow? Who promised you another opportunity to connect with God tomorrow? Who promised you some time to finish working out what you want to do and how you want to do it and then decide that you are now ready? Ain't nobody. Today is the day of salvation. This is the moment that you have been given. And if you and I do not acknowledge it, we could very well miss the time of our visitation. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 13. And behold, two of them, the two of them, this this is after Jesus' death and resurrection. He's now been resurrected. And the two of them that it's talking about here are disciples, not, not one of the key twelve, but they are disciples. They knew who Jesus was. But behold, two of them that went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So they, they are rehearsing what has just taken place, the, 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 the crucifixion, the trial, the crucifixion, the death of Jesus. They are talking about that amongst themselves. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus, Jesus, the one they are talking about, the one that they are discussing the events that have just happened to, comes and joins them and begins walking with them, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? Now this, this next part is really, it's, I think it's humorous actually. Because listen to what they now tell Jesus. And the one of them whose name was Cleopas answering said unto him, Are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Where, where, where'd you come from? And he said unto them, What things? <laughs> they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, 
and how the chief priests and our, and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And a certain woman also of our company made us astonished, which were all, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went unto the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. Then he said unto them, <laughs> Oh, fools! And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scripture the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. He started to continue on. Still, them not recognizing who he is. He starts to go on, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them, and it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to them, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. There was nothing all that exceptional about the moments that they walked with the road with him, not recognizing who he was, not knowing that they were talking to the very one that they were talking about. And he started to go on, but they constrained him. And it was after that that their eyes were opened and they recognized I kind of imagine them going, don't we feel stupid? <laughs> We've been telling the one who lived it. We, we, we observed it. <laughs> We're telling the very one that was in the grave about the guy that's not in the grave. We're telling the very one who rose again the fact that somebody says he's gone. He's not there anymore. I, I don't think it clearly says this, but I kind of, this is just kind of the way I imagine the scenario is these two guys are walking burdened down by the circumstances they've been through that they don't even look up. I, I, I acknowledge it. Does, I'm not saying it says that. I'm just telling you the way I picture the story. I kind of imagine those two guys walking along and Jesus comes beside them and they are so weighted down with their conversation and what they've been through that they don't even take time to see who it is that has joined wonder how many times God has started to walk beside us. We are so burdened and weighted down with the circumstances of our lives, we don't even pause to recognize who it is that has showed up. 
he started to go on, but they constrained him. And they experienced a moment that was not like any other moment. Just what if, just what if, what you have need of in your life today is available right now? But it's dependent upon you. Ignoring that 200 plus people are sitting, doing nothing. You see, the problem is some of you would much rather complain about your problem than do what it takes to get over your problem. Guys get paid really good money really good money to sit in a very comfortable chair in an air-conditioned or heated room depending on the time of year and critique those doing something that they've never done and in fact they can't do. In football they call them Monday morning quarterbacks. They sit and point fingers at everything that was done wrong. And they can't, they, they, you, you hand them a football and they can't even hold it. If you're not careful, you can become so caught up in critiquing that you miss the moments that God has designed for you to get you out of where you are. I will tell you today, there are some miracles in the New Testament that Jesus Himself initiated. There are some miracles that Jesus was the initiator of the miracle. But I will tell you from my observation, it appears as though there were more that Jesus did not initiate but that the person who needed the miracle initiated. I know that's not good news at all, is it? That's not what we want to hear. Because we want Him to initiate. We want Him to do it all. But He has determined that there are some times in which He's going to be available. That's no doubt. He's going to be there. He's going to be ready and willing to do something. But it relies upon you and I to decide, is this a moment that is not equal to other moments? And if I will take the step of faith, if I will reach out for Him, that at this moment I can receive what it is that I have need of. There's another story where Jesus is sitting in a house full of people that are listening to what he has to say. And there's four guys that have a friend who has a need. And they show up at the house and there's no room in the house.
There's no room in the house. They do not just simply take the man that they are carrying on the bed they're carrying him on and go, oh well, Jesus could take care of our friend's need, but so I, I know it's Sunday morning. You guess I'm not talking to you right now. Here's a parenthesis, okay? What's in the parentheses is not for you. That's why I, I get so irritated with people that like, there's oh, well, you know, it just the, the worship's not right. The songs aren't right. The atmosphere is not right. Bottom line is what you're saying is you're not hungry. Bottom line is you're saying I am not desperate. Because when you're hungry and you're desperate, the circumstances do not have to line up. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. You decide, I don't care if anybody else gets anything or not. I don't care if he does something for anybody else. I've made up my mind. I will get what I need. I will not let this moment pass me by. Bible says they went up on the roof. Not only did they go up, I don't know how high it was, perhaps in those days it wasn't that high, but but not only do the four of them get up on the roof, they carry their crippled friend up there as well. And they start tearing off the roof. And they let that man down in the middle of everybody else who are sitting there listening but not really getting. They let their friend down in the midst of everybody. And they don't carry him out of there. He walks out because they decided today there is a moment that is not equal to other moments. Daniel, do you have a specific need? You come down here for a specific need, more than just, just you know, I'll take some. You have a specific need. In the name of Jesus Christ, in response to the action of this life, I declare right now, God, the fulfillment of this need. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of your Spirit and according to your Word, I declare right now that in this life, this is a moment that is not equal to other moments, but even now that the need is being met in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm done preaching. You may not have been the first, but it's not too late. If there's something today that you have need of, I declare to you, this is not a moment that is equal to every other moment, but something is being offered to you today. If you will make up your mind, I will get 
to him. I'm not waiting on him to get to me. I'm not waiting on him to acknowledge me. But I will go to him and I will get what I need. Somebody make up your mind right now. I will touch. I will touch the hem of his garment. I don't care if anybody else is getting what they need or not. I don't care if anybody else touches him with faith or not. I will touch the hem of his garment and I will be made whole. name of Jesus. Come on, I haven't come today to preach to you a cute little sermon. I haven't come today to just preach to you a nice little thought, but I believe I've come with a word from God that if you will respond, this will be a moment that is not equal to other moments. Jesus, Jesus, 
passing by. Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. When I call him. God, I'm not gonna let it be said of me that I missed the time of my visitation. Something happened. I'm not gonna let my moment pass me by. I'm not going to let my opportunity pass me by. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I will reach out and connect and receive what I need. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 
Y a la mando robo cosí, ella la mando robo coyea la rabosa taya. Not waiting on you, God. I'm not gonna sit by passively waiting on you. I'm not gonna sit by and just wait and see if you by chance recognize me where I am, but I'm going after you. I'm not gonna let this be just another moment. I'm not going to let this be just another moment in my life. But I'm going to recognize this is a divine moment. This is a divine opportunity that you have afforded me. Kayando robo koseye. Ikatayando robo shikayarando robo The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Something happened. Something happened. Something happened. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Something happened. Something happened. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, something happens, something happens, oh Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. 